I'm not a social person. Welcome to episode 86 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host is Dade. We're talking about the things that have gotten us and the amazing RSVP community through social distancing, lockdown, and these of COVID times. But let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, what are you consuming? Um, literally, Coke. Um, I have been trying so hard to kick my soda habit. Um, and I've re- like kind of just gotten down to just weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, or like do whatever days, and then one day during the week. So I'm drinking Coke. Um, I have to say that um, <clears throat> just going off of that, yeah, I had given up soda a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But going into the office and having a soda machine there has yeah. been the <laughs> worst thing for my soda habit yeah um i just it's not great yeah one thing that i've been doing is so i switched to mexican coke they sell it at some stores um i like it because it has cane sugar and not high fructose corn syrup yeah and so right it's like so mexican coke is actually like a it just tastes better and it's like a crisper kind of taste to me um, also it comes in glass bottles and so you mm. feel like it's a treat because you have to use a <laughs> bottle opener and like, you know, um, the cats like playing with the bottle cap. So, um, so yeah, when in, and it comes in four packs, so it's like perfect. Um, so yeah, I've been treating soda as like a treat. Um, I also have been drinking like some seltzer water just to kind of get that bubble fix. Cause for me it's the carbonation and also, um, the, the novelty of drinking something other than water. So yeah. Um, What else am I consuming? So I've been really busy. Uh, My grad school program is winding down my first year. I have about a month and a half left until I get a month off completely, which I'm excited about. Um, I found out some things about my coming summer. So year two, um, my program is 11 months out of the year. So it's kind of like all the time. Um, I'm going to be totally remote again. And so that's really disappointing, of course, but I'd say more than half of all students that go to my program are not from the like area. And so the school had to make some tough decisions about, you know, do we let people from all over the country and world move to campus or not. And so I basically am not allowed to use any campus buildings either. Uh, I feel, I feel a certain kind of way about that. Um, you know, they, I was really looking forward to using the the new library that they built and that I probably partially paid for. Um, you know, all students contribute to it. I pay a fee to use campus facilities. So that's something that, that I'm not happy about. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of disappointment going into summer part two, and I'm trying to do my best of looking at the brighter side of things and hoping that year three, I will be able to meet my classmates in person. Um, so because that's been on my mind, I've been already thinking about my workspace and what that looks like. So I, of course, I'm thinking about the supplies aspect of it. I'm I'm not changing anything drastically. Like I, I've been using these Kokoyo, um, they're called the like Novita Alpha Expandable Clear Books. So 
it's like a binder without the rings and you can slide like it's really hard to explain i put a link in the show notes but basically i was able to fit because i have to print out everything you know like all the pdfs because i'm a very tactile person so one entire so five courses so summer part one fit in one of these um you know file folder things and so it's a really cool modular way to organize stuff and I bought some more of those and I also bought some more Zebra Sarasa clip pens. That's become my pen of choice. Mm. Um, in point four, point four is like the, the, the happy medium for me. I find that it forces me to slow down my writing because if you write too fast with a point four, it skips. But if you write slower, it, it obviously doesn't skip. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been acquiring school supplies. I also treated myself to some new stuff that that JetPens has. There are these Kokoyo Campus Softering Notebooks. Yeah, they, I was just looking at yeah, those. Yeah, they, um, I'm, I've been all on that. I know you, you all know me as like the neon person, but the pastels just really spoke to me. Um, and I bought a writing board um, because the desk that I use, it was – I purchased it at, like, peak lockdown last year where you couldn't find a desk for anything. And so the surface of the desk is that, like, fake wood grain. And so if you're writing on a piece of paper, it, like, it like is jaggedy because it's, it's not a flat surface. Um, so I bought a writing board to put under stuff. And I also like the way that feels. I don't know if any of you out there have used a writing board, like when you use like a Hobonichi or any kind of journal. Um, but I just like that feeling. Um, I have a, uh, God, what is it? I want to see it's a J note, um, notebook that came with a writing board that's specific to it and uh-huh. i actually i really like writing boards they yeah. really um kind of even out the feel of a notebook or a paper so that it's all consistently the same yeah no i just i don't know it feels like almost like when you are you know what it feels like when i used to have on <clears throat> my old desk like one of those cutting mats and then i would write on that like on a piece of paper like it, it's that like consistent feel like you said i also acquired i don't know why i don't need notebooks but there are these really adorable uh animal notebooks um they're called the it tricked me i thought it was kokoyo but it's kayokuto nordic color animal ring notebook and they're again they're just adorable they are pastel colored um and they're just precious. So all these links will be in the show notes. I also have been at the worst time possible, mind you, um, really kind of shifting my attention to my retro Pokemon collect collecting. And so <laughs> I, I have been doing this for years, but there, you know, like any collection, you kind of back off when you either run out of money or there's nothing for you to buy. Mm-hmm. And so there has been this Nintendo 3DS console that I've wanted for a while because, number one, it's a 20th anniversary limited edition. Um, and two, I needed a second. This is this is total, like, um, 
like I'm a loser. I have no friends moment, but I wanted a second Nintendo DS so I could trade Pokemon with myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. So, um, I've been really looking on eBay and the secondary market and it's been hard. I put a link in the show notes. It may still be posted when you click on it, but It'll give you the idea, like, they're going for between $1,000 and $3,000. Holy crap. Yeah. So I, one night, I couldn't sleep, and I was on eBay, and I just looked through, like like all of us that collect pencils or pens or whatever, you know, every couple days you probably search and see what's new. And someone listed one for buy it now for $500, and so I bought it now. Um, and it was funded by Blackwing Pencils. So I don't feel so bad, but it's really cool that I was able to acquire something that I've wanted for such a long time. And so right now, I'm not going to speak too much on it. We're not a Pokemon podcast, but Pokemon, it's their 25th anniversary. Um, and there's a huge problem for those of you listening out there that have kiddos that like Pokemon cards, or maybe you've made like Pokemon cards. There's this horrible problem of the youtuber logan paul um god yeah exactly that's all that yeah so he bought some first edition pokemon cards they're they're going for between 300 and 600 thousand dollars a box oh my god yeah and so he's he opened them on like live stream and so it's creating all this buzz. And so what's happening is people are buying current Pokemon cards and then scalping them. So like scalpers are invading like Walmart and Target and Amazon. And, and so you can't find Pokemon Pokemon cards at all, period. So it's created this weird secondhand market to where like I went online the other day to buy a Pokemon DS game that I didn't have. And mm-hmm. like six months ago, it was maybe $20. It's now $80. Ugh, I hate it's that. Just, it's horrible. And so it's really not been fun. And it sucks because like at the end of the day, as much as I'm an adult and I love Pokemon, like kids like Pokemon and like no kids are able to even like open cards because there's none there. Like it's to the point where independent game shops are getting robbed. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a thing. So yeah. So anyhow, that was my Pokemon story, but yeah, so I've been, I've been doing that. Um, and that's really kind of it. I I really just I've been very, very busy with a lot of things. So but Les, I'm dying to hear about you because it's been a while since we've been together. It has it has been. It's been a while since we've had any conversations. Um, you know, I work has been super busy. We're in this process of writing new curricula for our upcoming semester. So I'm doing a lot of work with that. I'm also doing a lot of research for my upcoming useful journalings, useful journaling uh, 1.3 is out and I'm kind of finishing up the first series. So I think I've got two more issues, one, one or two more issues that I'm going to do in that first series. And then I'm going to shift gears for my second series. They're going to be a little different, same size. I think I'm going to keep the same form factor. Um, and go with that, and we'll see what th- what that looks like. Um, but I'm doing a lot of research, and I'm really digging it. I'm kind of – I've been looking at the way that I do research and how I collect information, and Lisa posted a link to that that guy's research 
methods and how he like writes notes and stuff. I'm just way too lazy to go in that, that in depth with it at, for my purposes. Um, but man, that was intensive. I actually enjoyed every last word of that article and it, it gave me some really good ideas. Um, but like you, like it's very intense and I feel like I would get bogged down in the details. Yeah. Um, in my case, I, I very much uh, do the marginalia type of thing. Um, I make lots of notes in pencil uh, when I'm reading a book or when I'm reading any article that I've printed out. Um, but I, I stick to – I have all of the colors of the mild liners. Mm-hmm. Me too. But I tend to use one at a time. And it's whichever one strikes my fancy in that moment. Like right now, I am trying to – kill the sort of soft neon pink one Mm -hmm. because it's almost dead so i'm like i'm just gonna use the rest of this one until it's dead and when it's dead i'll throw it away and then i'll use the yellow one Um, right right uh so that's kind of my thought process is i use my highlighters until they're dead then i throw it out and i move to the next one um and then i use lots of post-it note tabs as i'm doing research but um yeah, and then as I like read, I make notes in my my everything everywhere journal. So it's a it's quite a bit different than what that guy does, but it made me really kind of evaluate like is this working? Do I need to consider other things cuz I also will throw into the mix a stack of index cards when I feel like I just want to make some quick notes and then I've got um like I was talking about that J note notebook. I've got that on my desk because I was reading an article online and I didn't feel like opening up one note and dumping information into it. <laughs> so I was making notes in that and I'm going to tear those notes out and tape them into or staple them into my everything everywhere notebook. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, interesting to think about how things are working and not working. Um, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that guy's uh, blog. I just picked up a new composition notebook. It's the Rhodia composition notebook. And I have notable, notably hard on higher end composition notebooks. Um, I, I have specifications for my comp notebooks. You know, I want them to be a single signature, uh, an inexpensive cardstock cover, taped spine. They have to be stitched. They have to be the right size. Um, and the Rhodia breaks some rules. It's $10.50 from the gentleman stationer, um, who's the only place I've ever seen stock them so far. I'm sure there are probably other places, but um, his packaging, it's like getting a little gift in the mail because the the stationary item is all wrapped up and taped up. And then it's in a um, black envelope. It's just it, it was a great way to to get a package. And so the Rhodia uses a bunch of signatures. The spine tape is not wide enough and there so there are a bunch of rules that it's broken but it's so nice and it's got that rhodia paper inside it's just so nice it's perfect with fountain pens so anyway everyone should just go to the gentleman stationer and get some he's not paying for this like plug just to let everyone know i'm just super happy and i felt like i was getting myself a gift um and everyone deserves that in these times um so the other thing is that I'm I, I haven't bought any a fresh box of pencils in a really long time. And I just picked up um the Dom's Fusion Extra Super Dark pencil. Um they've got this matte black finish and uh metallic imprints all around in different colors and the 
cutest little end dip I've ever seen on a pencil. So I'm in love with these little triangular pencils. And of course, it's a Dom's, so it's super smooth, super dark, nice, thick, dark lead. Awesome. Um, I also supported, um, I don't know if you've you've seen um, Random Thinks, the Kill Winter with Orange Guys 3D prints. Um, I have. Keith Cleary. Um, yeah. Mc, Mick Cleary. Yeah, Mick Cleary, I think. Um, I'm, I'm terrible with names. His first name is Keith. Um, so he does these amazing little 3D prints. And he came out with a coffee cup in a saucer. Uh, or what looks like a coffee cup, a little miniaturized coffee cup in a saucer with an insert to hold a fountain pen ink file. And he did, made them in teal, and I had to have one. And he he so he has them, so they've got an insert that looks like coffee. He also has an insert that looks like green tea. Um, so really cool. They work really well. Um, I think he's going to make more at some point, but they are just the cutest thing. I also, he had an option to say, you know, like surprise me with stuff. So I did the goodie bag, surprise me with stuff. And I got a little 3d printed skull, um, a holder for a hacked Epsara long point, which is one of the cooler holders that I've seen made for it other than, you know, the glass jars that I make. Um, but this like this long point just clips into it really tight. Um, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, his 3d prints are awesome. Everyone should go support him. Uh, you look for random things on, um, Instagram and what's the other thing that I've got up here. Oh, Moxie. I watched, um, not, so Moxie, not the drink, but the Netflix original show um, is super cute. It's all about sort of new age riot girl stuff. Um, so it's just it was kind of a cute little fun movie on Netflix that I watched. And it it, it was feel good. It made me feel good. Um, I also started watching Ginny and Georgia. I don't know if you saw my post date about this, but I did. Oh my God. Um, it was, I, I saw a review, like kind of a, like someone had posted about it. It was like, Hey, there's a queer relationship in it. I was like, Oh, I, sh- I should check this out. Um, and whoa, is it dark? Um, do not watch Ginny and Georgia. If you are looking for, I thought I was happening upon a kind of fun, lighthearted comedy. It is a super dark comedy. I, I don't, I'm not even sure if you can call it a comedy. It's dark. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, content warnings for all the things. Um, so don't go there. Um, and finally, uh, so this is kind of behind the times because we haven't we haven't recorded an episode in a in a month or a little over a month at this point. Um, Retro Fifty One has been purchased by a new financer person who's going to run the company. So I guess they're back. I I kind of get the feeling like. Um, you remember those ads, um, where the car salesman or the mattress store is like, everything half off, we're going out of business sale, everything's half off. Um, and I kind of feel like, like that was the thing with retro 51, except that nothing was ever half off. It was just sort of like, we're going out of business every, we're, we're going to do all of the special editions we possibly can. Um, and then we're going to go go out of business and now they're not they got acquired or purchased or sold or i'm not sure exactly and i i have to say 
I don't really care. I, I was just, you know, I, I haven't been following. So, like, when I saw you had that in the show notes, I was like, so what? Who cares? Because I feel like you're right. Like, the last I thought of Retro 51, it was when they had that, like, extravaganza of sales or, like, we're going away or whatever. Yeah, it, I don't know. I I just, whatever. Okay, so they've been purchased. They're sticking around. We'll see some more special editions from them. Okay. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's kind of where I am, and uh, I guess it's 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 time for our main topic. Um, are yeah. you ready for the main topic, Dade? Are you ready? I am. I am right. totally ready. <laughs> um, all right. So it, I think. We are not quite – when this comes out, I think we'll be at roughly the one-year anniversary of the start of the pandemic here in the United States um, and about a year – a full year from all of the social distancing, all of the lockdown stuff here in the United States. And I just kind of – when we were talking about this, we just wanted to look back at the year and think and kind of explore the various things that have gotten us and the whole RSVP community through – this really difficult time. And I don't know about you, but as we were kind of looking for comments from the community, there was a difference between what people did in the beginning versus what we're all doing now. And I know that that's the same, like there were phases for me. So like there was definitely like, especially in the early phases of work from home, um, where I got a tremendous amount of stuff done. I was really energized with, with work from home. And then I had a phase of like, I hate all of this. I hate working from home. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then I had another phase of like, well, everything's great. I love work from home. And then I was back in the office. Um, and then it was sort of like, well, this is really weird. Um, and then going through kind of a similar uh, phase of, my clients, I can't see anyone in person. I can't see any of my friends and having another phase of, um, you know, change. What about you? What was, what were your feelings? I had a similar experience as a proud introvert at the beginning. I was excited. There were like, not excited for COVID, obviously excited that, um, People like myself and other folks that are differently abled are now finally getting the chance to work from home because I think, you know, that was the biggest thing for me was adjusting to, you know, my work at the college. So as a writing tutor, you would think it's fairly easy to just switch to online, but there's so much that happens like in in the room when you're tutoring someone one on one. And so there was a bit of a learning curve. But in the beginning, I was excited. I was like you. I was productive. I was, um, you know, almost invigorated, you know, to wake up and like, yeah, like I, I, I just I felt good. And then like everything else, this novel thing becomes routine. And I began to kind of not like it anymore. Um, I missed human interaction, even though I am not a social person. There, you know, it's something something my therapist said about two months into the to the pandemic last year. And I said, I don't understand why I'm feeling so horribly disconnected and just not good. Like, I'm not a social person. And she's like, yeah, but you're missing out on all the interactions you have throughout the day. 
the smile at the coffee shop person, the holding the door for somebody when they come in, you know, those tiny little interactions add up to interaction. Um, and so, yeah, you may not be social, but you still desire connection. Yeah. Um, and that really hit home for me because after that, I started to realize that maybe I'm not this like gruff, insular, solitary person like I thought I was. Mm. Um, and also I've noticed too, it's starting to change me psychologically and I don't know how I feel about this yet because mm. we're not at the other side, but it's changing me in two ways. Like at this point, um, I have this strange natural reaction. Like when I'm watching a movie or TV and someone's not wearing a mask, like I'm like for a hot second, I'm like, they're not wearing a mask, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and then I also think about reintegration. And so when we are able to, you know, when I get vaccinated, cause I'm not vaccinated yet, when I, you know, in the fall, I found out my field placement's going to be at a college. And so going back into society and, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I think in the past year I've worn sweatpants every day, except for maybe five days. Cause I don't oh. need to wear anything else. And so there's this level of comfort. I mean, they're not just raggedy sweatpants. Like, they're, like, nice joggers and, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I'm wearing sweatpants now even. Um, so there's that, like, having to fully get ready for work, but also just, like, being out in the world and, like, learning how to interact again while also mm -hmm. feeling like you've been harmed by a lot, harmed by society harmed by the divisiveness um, and the ignorance that, you know, we witnessed. And so, yeah, there's just a lot in my head about that. So I'm in the hopeful yet guarded phase of my pandemic. Yeah. I, I have to say, so when I ended up back in the office, um, so I had been going into the office part time, but I was by myself, literally by myself in this giant 10,000 square foot facility. It was weird. Um, and every now and then I would run in, like I would be there and the cleaning guy would come in and we'd have this like six foot apart from one another while wearing masks conversation. Um, and he's like, do I really need to come every day? I was like, they say you have to. He's like, all right, I'll walk through and not do anything three days a week. Um, so it was, when I first went back, I, I mentioned to, to my partner, I was like, I just feel feral, you know, like there's this, this, this feeling of like, yes. I've been wearing <laughs> jeans and a tank top or jeans and a crappy t-shirt that's blown out all the time. I wear, you know, like I don't wear, I don't, I wear very specific things to work. Um, but for quite a while, I didn't realize I could wear jeans when, uh, anyway, I read the company rules. I can wear jeans to work every single day. Um, but I didn't know that. So I'd always been wearing, you know, kind of dress pants and a very specific set of, of tops to go with them. And when I went back, I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to wear t-shirt and jeans every day. Cause there are no clients here to judge me and I'm not doing anything on video yet. So I'm going to just continue my feral dress work. <laughs> dress code and um yeah it's weird going back and and not feeling 
that professional, that urge to dress professionally, I guess. That's, that's been very strange for me. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was a super tangent. Um, but yeah, that, that feral feeling of like, how, sh- how will I reintegrate into society after this? Right. Um, so anyway, it's, it's been weird. It's been very strange. Right. But, um, you know, I, so as we were talking about this, we were also kind of kind of brainstorming some of the things that kind of helped us through. Um, and like, again, like I, I, I see things as kind of stratified between the beginning and the middle, the end and through these phases that I've gone through. And I think in the very early stages, um, Zoom and Google Meet were so helpful. Um at making me feel connected. Um, what about you? I agree with you. Um, I think back to before the pandemic and when someone would say, let's FaceTime or let's video chat. And I'd be like, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to do that. Um, I never liked to do that. And now it's like, Yes, please. Can we have a Zoom chat? I would rather Zoom you than call you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in the beginning, um, you know, that was kind of – and I know we did this even with some – not often, but we did it with the RSVP group as well, just having like mm-hmm. a Zoom meetup. Um, yeah. Because also there was this unique thing that was going on. We were welcomed into people's homes. Mm-hmm. And it humanized a lot of people for me. So – you know, when I would see my therapist, she would generally be at her office, but there were days or weeks when she would, you know, work from home and I could tell because it was a different space and she would tell me. Um, and it, it made me feel more connected. Um, it also, I, I think about my friends where, you know, or my classmates because I'm in school, um, I've gotten to know so many pets so many cats and dogs and, you know, um, I think if I see one more cat butthole on, on zoom, I don't oh know Oh my God. Right. Oh <laughs> so, God. So many cat butts. Right. Um, and family members. And so it makes communication both easier, but more complex, you know, because then there's the, you know, I mean, you do this kind of work too, but like, you know, my field placement, when I'm doing sessions, counseling sessions with somebody, I'm doing that from my personal space, my home. Um, And the thought that goes into that, do I use a background? Do I not use a background? Um, You know, and this, this almost like letting people into your space kind of feeling, if that makes sense. It does. Um, It's one of the interesting things. So, um, the program that we use, we use Zoom at my workplace and they have it so that the background capabilities are locked out for the clinicians because adding a background is incredibly heavy on the network. Um, it's it just it, like they, they felt that it was just too much load for the for the network. They also said that determined that we needed to do all of our work from the office. So we are not supposed to be using Zoom from home. So if I were to, they did offer at one point during snowstorms that we could work from home. And I'm like, I no longer have a private place. Also, since I can't use a background, I don't really feel comfortable with it. Um, 
So, you know, because it, it just seems too much sometimes to, um, I don't know, very exposing because it is your home. Um, but, uh, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent in terms of zoom and not being able to use the backgrounds. So, and some of the yeah. clients do, but it also, it, it does really slow down the system for them. Yes. Um, so that's always an interesting thing I think is, is like the system itself. Um, but in turn, like I've had a few like people that I've had phone calls with, um, and I actually, um, found it, um, I find for like with family members, I like phone calls, but I don't like them for work. I prefer no. to do zoom for work. Um, phone calls are for family only. I just really don't want to, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like talking on the phone. Text me. Um, I, and I, and that's another thing that I've been doing. I've had, um, long text chains with, with friends, um, uh, which has been really kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in a way that I wouldn't have done before the pandemic, um, there, I've had, I have a few groups of friends that we have a text chain going. Um, but for the most part, that's really started more with with the pandemic is having like these lengthy text chains so yeah so sometimes i get like these these text messages at like midnight with just funny stuff in it mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of fun you know just like things that i because i'm not a big texter or caller of people um i just i don't know it's not really my thing but um i also went through phases of crafting okay um, so like I have probably over the pandemic done 30 hacked Epsara sharpeners. I've put, you know, half of those into glass jars and I've, I'm selling them on my Ko-Fi page. Um, and it's just kind of like a weird kind of like, okay, I craft things when I'm stressed. So I'm going to make some stuff and I'm going to sell it and see if people like it. And they're kind of fun because, you know, I'm recycling glass jars and adding a pencil sharpener to it. Um, and, you know, it's a great sharpener. So it, it does just makes a really phenomenal long point. And then it's inside a glass jar. So and luckily they've all gotten to people um, safe and not broken. So that's a positive. Nice. Uh, what else have I crafted? Well, also like useful journaling there. That's kind of crafty, you know, in terms of like writing and things. Um, I'm also making the books. So that's a crafty thing. Um, and then I got back into gardening mm -hmm. over the pandemic. I, I was planning on that anyway, but like I went super deep on it. And I know you started some gardening. This past I summer. did. I did. And for the first time, um, it was actually really fun. So my wife and I built some raised beds and they turned out much bigger than we thought they were going to be. <laughs> so, so like, obviously we don't have access to like table saws or saws or whatever. So we, I sent her off to the store to get, um, cause we did the, the raised bed in the sense of like, um, you buy those blocks. They, they look yeah, like yeah, yeah. you interlock the, the boards in them. Yep. And kind of create, you know, so we did that um, and she comes back with like a four foot board, which is what I wanted for the short end. But the other one is like eight feet long. Yep. And so we had two of those. And so it's this huge like 16 foot by four foot 
plot. Um, and so we planted some squash and we planted some tomatoes and peppers and um, learned a lot. I learned about bugs and what's a good bug and what's a bad bug. I forget what it's called. You would probably know. It was the most disgusting thing I ever saw in my life. Um, but <laughs> it was this it, it was this worm, right? Uh, the tomato hornworm or tobacco yes. hornworm. Yeah, that's yes. gross. But they're beneficial. No, they're not. Or not but the wasps that yes. infect them and then the eggs come out of the hornworm. That's what I found. Yeah, those the, are those you keep. Yes. So that's that's what I meant. So like we went out there one time and I saw this like worm with all these like little like white little nubs <laughs> on it. And I was like, Gina, what is that? That's the strangest worm I ever saw. And then when I realized it was like parasites on the worm, essentially. Yeah. Um, it was gross, but I left it because, yeah, that's You're gonna what you do. You're going to get more parasitic wasps and <laughs> right, they right, kill right. them off. Right. And so, but those before we caught them annihilated like two whole tomato plants overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. There are tricks to finding them, by the way. <sighs> yes, I, I learned a few. and But the peppers that we grew um, were great. They were they were hardy. Like, they were huge. Um and yeah, so we had a lot of fun. Um, this year, we are not sure what we're going to plant. We're actually talking about it this week to kind of get our ideas together. Um, definitely more tomatoes because we made some good salsa and tomato sauce. Nice. So so yeah, no, gardening um, went better than I thought. I thought I wouldn't do it because I thought it was just a job. Um, but there was something about going out there every day in the morning before it got hot and watering things and then also inspecting things and making sure, you know, rabbits didn't get in or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun, fun exercise. So I am envious of your giant plots. Um, (laughs) I have convinced my partner that I can turn the entire back half of our yard, which you have yet to see, but maybe someday after this pandemic's over you can actually come and see it and hopefully by then it's fully turned into garden um we're talking lots of square well not lots of because i have a city yard um but plenty of square footage to grow all kinds of different things and i'm really really looking forward to that this year i actually had to look at pricing soil and is it cheaper for me to buy bags of it or is it cheaper for me to have it brought in by the square yard. And what I've learned is that it is significantly cheaper, even if I have to pay a delivery fee to have it delivered by the square yard. Yeah. We ran into that. So our giant like plot thing, um, that we had by accident, um, for us to fill it, like to start, I mean, next this year, it'll be different because it has stuff there and we're going to turn it over, but to fill it, it took, I think, 16 bags. Yeah. And yep. even when you go to Wally World, where they're like, the good stuff is like five bucks a bag. It adds up. It's That's a lot. That's I think we spent, and then we had to, you know, we also do the front of our house, um, too. There's like a garden bed. So, yep. yeah, I think I spent $100 on soil. Yeah. So you, you, you could get for a hundred, for a hundred dollars, like here in my area, um, and probably cheaper in your area. Yeah. There's a lot um, of farmland. Yeah. You, you can, 
like for me, if I spent a hundred dollars, I'm getting two square yards delivered. Um, so, you know, it's significantly cheaper to have it delivered, um, by the square yard, but you have to be able to have a dump truck, be able to get into your driveway and all that fun stuff. So what's actually really cool the way my, I live in a two family house and so we have a driveway, but there's no fence. So you could Mm -hmm. literally just pull the dump truck up to the garden beds. Sometimes they won't do that. So some of the, some of the delivery places I was looking at say, we won't leave your driveway. And if they can't get into your driveway, they will dump it on the sidewalk in front of your house. Oh, no. That would be bad. (laughs) Yeah. I can only imagine what the city would do here. My my (laughs) neighbors would lose their minds if I had (laughs) a couple of square yards of soil dumped onto the sidewalk. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, we definitely need to assess what we're doing because I, I want to plan it out a little bit better. I also got to replace the fencing around. We we need to do something like chicken wire. Yep. Um, the gaps were a little too big and we had some visitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out how to get rid of my rabbit visitors because they will. Now, so they were not interested in my peppers at all last year. Every now and then they would sniff at and take, try to take a bite out of the jalapenos. And <laughs> then you could see that they bit into the jalapeno and then stopped. Yeah. Because uh, there, there, there was one jalapeno that hung really low. And it, you could tell that it was a baby rabbit and it hadn't learned its lesson yet. And it would bite into it. And just barely get its teeth in and then stop. It wouldn't even take a bite out of it. It would, its teeth would go in and come out and then nothing else. Um, and then you could see that another rabbit would come by and cause the jalapenos don't smell spicy, but like if you sniff a like Carolina Reaper or even like a scorpion pepper plant, they smell dangerous. Like you can smell that there's a, there's, there's heat there. Yeah. Um, they have a very different like odor than like the lower level plants. Mm. Um, but they didn't touch any of the other pepper plants, just the jalapeno. So mm. And I started more of them, so I'm a little worried um, that they might try them. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I, it's a possibility that if I plant peppers all around my garden, the, the rabbits might not go near them. <laughs> right. But I like there was one year I planted peas, and they just ate all of the peas as high as they could reach. Ugh. And rabbits are long. Yeah, they like, are. They, like they they were getting a good three feet up off the ground, so I didn't I didn't get any peas that year. Mm. Brought little things. <laughs> um, so I mean, when when I lived rurally, they would be dinner, and I would serve them with my peas. Right, um, right. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure I really want to eat an urban rabbit. No, I'm not I'll, sure. I'll pass. Yeah, no, I'm not into that. Um, so anyway, anyhow. I, now that I've I've gotten there, gotten to that point, um, so what are what do you think? Should we start talking about some of the some of the things that came out of the group when we asked for? Um, yeah, so there's there's um, we had some really good comments um, from the group about what people did. Um, a lot of people feel really exhausted and tired. You know, time makes no sense to people. Yeah. Um, that's that was a really common thing that came across um, in a lot of the comments is that um, 
it's just it, people are exhausted and they're tired, um, stressed out. Um, people want to be back with other people. Um, but so, so like one of the first, um, Canon brought up the idea of like making music as something yeah. that's helped. Um, and I think music in general has been something that's helped a lot of people, um, whether they're making music or just listening to music. Like, I don't know about you, Dade, but I, for the first time, well, I, I've had a, um, subscription to a couple of different music accounts over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finally just broke down and I've had pretty consistently, um, actually I just let it go because I had stopped using it, um, a Spotify account. Um, but I'm probably going to start, start up with a Spotify account again, because listening to music has definitely been super helpful for me. Um, what about you with music? Same thing. Um, you know, this, the style of music that I listen to, like chill wave, vapor wave, synth wave, um, all the waves, uh, it it's inherently relaxing, but even more so during this time, because there's something there was something in the beginning of the pandemic that made all of this very surreal. And I know a lot of my friends that lived in big cities like New York City, um, where there was nobody on the streets. Um, I kind of felt that way around here, too, like when I would have to leave the house when we were in like full lockdown. Um, there's this this quietness and that that music got me through that. It was like the soundtrack to what was happening. Um, so music always plays a role in my life, um, but even more so now. Yeah, and I think um, at one point I had asked you for some um, hints for yeah. Vaporwave, and yeah. I have um, definitely been listening to a lot more Vaporwave right. um, and some of that chill, like, right. 80s-inspired, 80s I think, music. Uh, so I've been, I've been listening to a lot of that, too. There's actually um, – it's a YouTube playlist, but – I've also been really into lately Japanese 80, 70s and 80s jazz. Mm. It's just something else. It's just an experience. And so, um, yeah, like it's discovering music, too, um, has been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, listening to a lot of kind of bluesy music as well. Um, and just kind of letting the app kind of find stuff for me. And I will say, so, and I'm going to try and keep this as clean as possible. One of, one of the things that I do as a humorous thing, and I'm not sure that my partner actually finds it humorous or as humorous as I do is I, I make funny playlists. So I will find covers to a song, um, I can't actually say the name of that song. Uh, I'll find covers to a song and I'll make a playlist of that on YouTube and it's hidden. So I can't, I'm not actually going to share this with anyone. Um, so there's one song that I, I just made this like lengthy playlist and I'll just occasionally hit play on it. But I also made a um, WAP cover playlist. Um, okay. Okay. So there are some horrifyingly bad also really hilarious WAP covers on YouTube um, with as funny videos so I made an entire uh, video playlist of that and every now and then when I'm like just need a good laugh I'll just hit play on that on the like on the TV so it plays throughout (laughs) the whole house Um, and 
for about two songs, Chris will laugh along and then she's like, this needs to stop. Make it stop. This is terrible. <laughs> that is the worst song in existence. Why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> so so then um, my friend and I also um, decided that we needed to make a playlist of all not safe for work songs that are um, – that would be hilarious if you're like sitting in your office and, and say your Spotify accidentally played it. So every <laughs> now and then, so my Spotify algorithm is completely foobar now because I made that playlist in Spotify. And so every now and then I have to be really careful with Spotify because every now and then it will drop my neck, my back. Oh. into. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'll be, I'll be sitting there playing and it, it doesn't do the original. It does the El King version, which gives me a minute um, so that I can hit, you know, fast forward on it and be like, oh, no, not going to let die that work. No, um, I really wish that they would like there was a thing in Spotify where I could say, don't play this song between the hours of right, of, right. of, of nine, nine a.m. and four p.m. Monday through Friday, because <laughs> my neck, my back is not appropriate for any workplace i unless you work in a specialty shop for adult toys um yeah but yeah so every now and then that that will like just start playing and there was one point where i was not in my office um and i had my my office door open i had the music playing and i was walking back to my office and the intern was just like giving me this look and so I was like, what? And she's like, is that what I think it is? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, and it was my neck, my back. And it just started playing when I was in the restroom. It was just, oh, wow. So anyway, there there, there were some good l- laughs there with music. Um, <laughs> but be careful with the playlists that you make because Spotify will add those things into what it plays for you randomly. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Um, so anyway, uh, the next thing Johnny brought up letter writing and I don't know about you, but that was something that was really big for me. I, I, I've sent out hundreds of letters at this point across the pandemic. Um, I've done a lot of letter writing with Johnny, uh, in particular. So we've, we spent a lot of times writing letters back and forth. Um, but you know, at one point I was sending out five, six, seven letters a week. Wow. I, you know, it really, I think, was one of the things that kept me in touch with people. Yeah, I could see that. I, I haven't, and I'm, I'm very bad. I'm a very bad corresponder. Is that a word? Yeah. You can be. Um, I have such ideas about writing and sending things, and my follow through is horrid. Um, this box here that I have for you, Les, that I keep <laughs> wanting to mail out is just sitting here. Um, it's full now, so I'm going to have to. Um, but, yeah, I'm just – I don't follow through, and, and maybe that's something I need to work on because, you know, I've gotten letters from you and Johnny, and it, there's the – there's two parts of it. There's the actually picking out the stationery and using tools and using the stationery in a way that, like – makes you enjoy doing the process, but then there's the actual content of the letter. Um, and so it was nice, like when you, not this year, but like in past years when you would like travel up to Maine and send me a letter from Maine. Yep. 
you know, like what you were doing during that day or how the trip's been so far. It just reminded me of like when I was a kid and I would go to Florida for two weeks every summer and write letters home to my friends and my friends Mm -hmm. would send me letters to like where I was staying. And so like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed that. Um, on my end, it's been, you know, whether, whether someone responds or not, that doesn't matter. Um, for in part, yeah, I, you know what, I, I do enjoy a response, but also I enjoy sending the letter, um, as much as anything else. Um, one of the fun things, um, that I have done is that I've gone to the postal service website and bought stamps from there. And I've been able to get some really wild stamps. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sent out a whole bunch. So one of the things that I always do with useful journaling is I use fun stamps. And um, I found Tyrannosaurus Rex stamps that are, um, what are they, holograms. So when you turn them, the the T-Rex, it looks different. Um, So not like a foil hologram, but like when you turn it, his like mouth opens or he's biting or he's turned his head. They're wild. They're awesome. Um, So I think I'm going to order some more of those. I try to I try to do something different every time I I order stamps. But, you know, I'm ordering like six sheets of stamps at a time to to be able to mail these out. Um, But that was that was they were great. Those were the best stamps ever. Um, so the next thing on the list is podcast, uh, Jamelia, um, brought up podcasts and I have been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, I've, but I've always listened to a lot of podcasts, but really listening to more now. What about you? Yeah, I, I too, um, have found, I think the way I consumed media has switched because, I usually am like a YouTuber, like watching videos, but because I've had so much screen time this whole year, podcasts have just been a logical shift for me. This way I can still have that media contact, but I can close my eyes um, and rest them. And so, yeah, like I listen to a variety of podcasts, um, some that are stationary related, but some that are just related to my hobbies and, um, you know, they've been helpful and harmful helpful in the sense that it's a nice distraction but harmful because they make me spend money (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so so yeah but but no i mean i think you know podcasts have definitely and i think in ours at least in in my case podcasts in a different way have been helpful because of recording a podcast yeah there was a period of time when this was the only social interaction I really kind of had because I was busy with school and then also just navigating what the new normal was. And the few hours a week we would get together and do this really was helpful. Um, And then getting the feedback from people that listened to it. Like, yeah. 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 I I think that, you know, recording has been definitely a a big thing. And I know that we kind of kind of dropped the ball for a couple of times over the summer because we've been just been busy. Um, And I think that's the other thing is like navigating the changes in our lives in terms of work from home, the changes in terms of moving from an in-person environment to an online environment for work really has changed a lot. And I don't know about you, but like, when I am outside of work, because I spend all day in front of a screen and on a camera and talking, 
I don't necessarily really want to be on screen um, anymore. So it's hard yeah. to kind of like, you know, yeah. like when I'm like when I'm done for the week, like on a Friday after my last appointment, which is ends at three thirty. Yep. I, I shut that laptop. Um, I go in the bedroom. I have the same routine every week. I go in the bedroom. I take off my glasses and without them, I, I'm blind. So um, and I just lay diagonally across the bed and like bury my face into a pillow and just relax and decompress. Yeah. Um, because it's just, I've started to get these migraines where like, they're not painful, but I get really hypersensitive to light. Yeah. Um, and I think it's directly related to screen time. Yeah. Um, I did a thing where I changed the background color of my screen from, blue like the traditional blue um there's a car um from the traditional blue background from windows to orange so i also like everything else is black and it really changes how i interact with the screen it's much warmer um yeah yeah and it, it doesn't seem to tire my eyes as much yeah um I have done that in a similar way, but I also, I've been really, I've been a lot better on taking screen breaks. So in the beginning of this, I would just sit at the computer all day. Where now, even if it's a 10 minute break, I get up and I try not to look at anything or focus on something in the background. Or, you know, I had some really good professors that would force us to do that as students um we'd have like camera breaks where we turn off our cameras and kind of like focus on something in the distance or you know do a visualization and that really kind of helped a lot yeah um so. one of the things i've i've been doing is so i i was able to stop using headphones at work because the, i set up the um speaker so that it doesn't interact with the microphone yeah which helps and then between groups i walk take a lap around the building. I just, you know, I'm going to walk to the far corner of our giant facility and then back to my office just to get away from the screen, just to get away from my desk. Um, and it really does make a difference in terms of just not, not being in front of the screen all day long. Cause it's 15 minutes and it takes me, you know, five minutes to walk across the building and then five minutes to walk back. Cause it's a huge facility. So that that really um, does make a difference in, in my sort of mental. I don't know. Well, is it mental health? Is it physical health? Is it a combination? Is it a little bit of each? I think um, it's a combination. Yeah. Um, and I've also been thinking about getting some of those screen glasses. I've read that they help. I've read also that they don't help, but um, it can't hurt, I suppose. Right. I agree. Um, so the next thing that's on the list of things from people is escaping into hobbies a little. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of talked about this when you said like, you know, crafting was a thing for you. Um, what are some like other hobby? Like I, I, I know you pretty well, but like, I don't know if I know all of your hobbies. Um, well, I got back into fermentation. So, okay. So early in the pandemic, I kind of let all of my ferments kind of go. Um, like my, I got mold in my scoby for my kombucha. So I stopped making kombucha. I got really sad because my scoby di- scoby died. 
Um, and I hadn't, I haven't fermented any alcoholic beverages in a while. Um, mm-hmm. but I did 10 tons of hot sauces. So I've got mm-hmm. all of these like super, super really spicy hot sauces that I've got to bottle up. Um, because right now they're just bulk aging and oh my God, they smell good. Um, and actually when was it? A couple of weeks ago, I popped open one of the sizers that I made a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, it's funny. I like brewing and fermenting alcohol much more than I like drinking it. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I enjoy a good, a good adult beverage, um, on occasion, but it's not, alcohol is not really a motivator for me. Um, but I really like making it the, it's, it's, it's hard to make and ferment a good alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a challenge. And so when I make something, I like it to be a challenge and making a good sizer and making a good mead was a challenge. And let me tell you, I have achieved that challenge and sur- surpassed it. Um, my, I popped open a sizer, um, which is a half honey mead, half, um, apple cider mead. Mm-hmm. And this one is spiced. It is so good. Oh, you can taste the cinnamon. It doesn't have heat. It's got ginger, cinnamon, uh, star anise, and a bunch of other um, spices. And it is unbelievably tasty and not sweet. It's kind of dry. Um, but it just makes me really happy that I was able to do that. One of the things that um, Jamelia brought up uh, is also social media in a negative light. And I have to say, so there's the positives of Facebook and positives of social media. Um, and again, there's that echo. Um, it's weird. It's, it's definitely coming. It's my voice. Um, okay. Yeah, it stopped. Um, so there's the positives of social media and also the negative side of social, social media. I don't know about you, but I 100% had to go on a social media diet. There's a point where I was just doom scrolling. I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and reading all of the really negative stuff. Um, And it was just, it got to be too much. And I had to go into um, Twitter and mute a whole assortment of words. And things kept popping up. And a lot of people, and I know this happens um, for um, you know, our, our BIPOC friends and people will participate in posting something that's completely inappropriate to post. Um, and I've seen that a lot for, um, the LGBTQIA community. Um, there'd been a lot of things just getting posted and it's just traumatizing to read it again and again and again. Um, and I found myself calling people out and be like, why are you posting this? And, um, you know, Jamelia writes some of this in terms of being uh, African American and and see, reading about the murders all the time. And who who wants to read that? It's just like rehashing trauma. And I found that there was more and more and more traumatizing things being posted all over the time. And I just I couldn't I couldn't engage in it. Um, and feel good. So I had to kind of check out a social media and I I've, I've told you Dade about my, my method of minimizing my social media. Um, 
contact and this does not apply to being engaged in the RSVP uh, group on Facebook. I engage in that on a regular basis, but any other engagement I have with Facebook or Twitter is done when I'm in the bathroom. Um, it's a very short burst of time and I don't let myself um, go to Facebook other than when I'm in the bathroom. And so unless I'm responding to someone, if someone posts something and they're responding to me or if they're sending me a message, then I'm not generally in the bathroom. But um, yeah, it just keeps that scrolling down. It keeps it in check. And I also deleted all of the apps off my phone. So when I look at them, I'm either I'm on on the browser on my phone, which makes it a horrible experience. It's it's the worst way to engage in Facebook is using the browser Facebook on your phone. It's terrible. And Twitter, too. So um, that's just that that's been a way to do it uh, for me. Um, what about you with with social media? Yeah, I've I've taken a similar approach, um, but I also am very impulsive when it comes to responding to B.S., online, um, sometimes to the point where I don't realize that I am damaging myself. And then I kind of all of a sudden kind of collapse out of just emotional exhaustion. Um, it's something I definitely need to work on. But I think this, this, you know, people are, are generally horrible sometimes when it comes to topics about race and gender. But the you know, I'm not blaming things on the pandemic per se, but this the pandemic has made people I found myself having these interactions online where, you know, a person would post something that was actively harmful. Um, and I would very, very nicely and gently explain to them why that was harmful. Um, and I would almost I would say more than half the time I would get hostility in return. And I get it, you know, um, people. I, I get it, but I don't. So I get it. As a white person, you may feel embarrassed or you may feel alienated um, by being called out. Um, but that's part of the process. And so I think for me, when I would confront folks for posting videos of violence um, against black bodies or videos about um, really hard to hear and see news stories, there's a fine line between ignoring things completely and being mindful of how you disseminate media, um, because it's not okay to 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 not sp you know speak truths that are happening, but it's equally not okay to post things of a graphic nature. It's the same kind of stuff that I usually feel around the transgender day of remembrance. Um, sometimes folks choose to post violent stories or images about trans people that have been harmed over the past year and killed. And that has a space and a place, but um, oftentimes it it's not done in a way that's sensitive to others. And so I found a lot during the pandemic. I don't know if it's because people were cooped up at home, but I had such reactionary people that I, you know, and I wasn't, I, and I was being nice when I would say, hey, this is not okay. Do you think you could maybe post the image if you feel really compelled, you know, a couple threads into your comment or like content warning something. Um, so I've lost a lot of Facebook friends and that's okay. Um, because I don't think they were really friends. Um, you know, you get those randos on Facebook, you know, you work with someone 10 years ago and they just happen to still be around. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that has crept up on me. Um, 
And it gets to the point where it is that breaking point where I have to usually just check out. And I really resonated with what Jamila said about how, like, it got to the point where, you know, it, you know, she could like quoting, she could barely move in June and, and, you know, getting to that space um, for me, like it's all these emotions. And so escaping into hobbies and, you know, another thing she had said about when she could mentally make space for things. Um, I felt that because, you know, I, I felt so consumed all the time about dealing with my very real anxiety about this world that we're in, a pandemic. Um, and then the social issues that did not stop because of the pandemic. In fact, they were intensified. And so, yeah, this was not a fun place uh, this summer for myself and for a lot of folks. Um, and it it just gets exhausting. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to – I don't want to, you know, that's what I have to say about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, escaping into hobbies for me, I, I have too many hobbies. And so that's usually what would happen is I would get so angry online that I would disengage from Facebook or disengage from Reddit or disengage from whatever Twitter. And yeah, I would just spend a couple days just like, you know, playing video games or, um, you know, watching YouTube or watching Netflix. Um, that was helpful for me. And something else I see too is um, I don't have children, but, Teaching my daughter skills or teaching your kids things. Um, that I thought was pretty, pretty uh, interesting. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Les? Like being a teacher to others during this time? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. There's a car in the background. Uh, um, that has been something that I think is really interesting. Um, so. I started another blog called Suburb Skills. Um, I'll post a link. And it's basically like all of these little things that I learned growing up, how to kind of take care of things around a house um, and like gardening things, all kinds of stuff like that. And basically it's the idea of is like, here are some skills. I want to share them. And I think if I had kids, I would probably be filling filling that kind of void of like, here, let me teach skills to someone with a child. Um, instead, I'm writing a blog about it because that's what I do. I start out, a, I have an interest and then I start a blog. Maybe that's another hobby that I have is starting blogs and abandoning them. Posted are things that, you know, that I've also um, been interested in, um, you know, electrical stuff, um, so using a sewing machine and things like that. Um, and amen know. to sleeping in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the things that came up a couple of times, and I think this is something that we've talked about, is um, the self-care in terms of getting a therapist. And I know as because I am a therapist and I work with lots of therapists and I know a lot of people are getting therapists. Um, and I think that there is a there's a change in thought around getting a therapist because you can do it from the comfort of your own home using your phone, using video software that maybe people who wouldn't have engaged in therapy before are interested in doing it. And I think that that is amazing. I think more people should get therapists. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm back in therapy. I have my own therapist. I do supervision through work. Um, but the idea of getting engaged in therapy, getting the medications you need, um, I think is so important during this time. It came up a couple of times, um, in the conversation that we had in the group. And I, I, it's just such a super important aspect of caring for yourself is, you know, get it, taking care of yourself medically, medically, mentally, and all of the ways you need to care for yourself, um, is so important. So any, any thoughts on that? Um, so yeah, thinking about therapists as someone who is currently in graduate school to become a therapist, um, this definitely has been a thing and it's actually, I I'm thinking a couple of years down the line of all the folks that have sought out help during this pandemic. And I wonder what that's going to look like for our profession in the future. Mm. Um, but also recognizing the value in, in, in seeking out care, because as we both know, and as a lot of people know, being in therapy is still very severely stigmatized um, for some folks. And so the fact that I think at least weekly, I see something in the media about therapy or well-being or mental health, and it's done in a positive light. Um, I've actually become a little bit more reassured that, um, you know, people are getting the the care that they deserve. Um, whether or not they're going to be able to find a therapist is another story. That's been a task for, for folks. It has been, um, yeah. You know, um, but yes, I... I leaned on my therapist a lot in the beginning um, and also meds. Um, you know, I take an antidepressant every day and when things are really bad, I take an anti-anxiety medication and I've had a lot more conversations with people. Like I, a lot of my friends that I didn't know much about, like we've talked about these things more openly. And so I think that something good that came out of this is that very open conversation because like 10 years ago, you wouldn't catch people saying I'm, I'm on meds for depression or I'm on yeah. meds for anxiety. Yeah. And so it's shifted and hopefully the shift will stay in place um, because there is no shame in going to therapy and there is no shame taking medication. Um, and so, yeah, that's been something I've really noticed. I mean, I've been on meds since I was 13. So like, really, like I, you know, it's an old hat for me. Um, but as far as seeking therapy and seeking self care, um, it's been a good thing. Yeah. So I just want to take a moment and thank everyone in the group for being in the group. Our Facebook group is amazing and supportive and helpful and kind to one another. It's really a bright spot in kind of a crappy internet of things uh, atmosphere lately. And I just love that everyone in our group is amazing and everyone, all of our fans are just awesome. So I just want to thank everyone for being supportive on the website and the Facebook group, uh, people who have left reviews on, um, wherever they're leaving reviews on Apple, where, um, and on our, our website. It's just, it really like brings me joy to kind of see all of that. So thank you 
to everyone. Um, and, you know, if you get a chance to share a link to the podcast and share it with people, um, let people know you love us and why you love us. Uh, we really appreciate that. You find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. We have a Discord channel. Um, I'm not there, but apparently a bunch of people in the group are there chit-chatting. You can find me, Les, at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Comfortable Shoes Studio on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Original L.C. Harper. Dade, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me at the not frequently updated but should be WeeklyPencil.com uh, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. All right. Thanks, Dade. Thank you. Ah, oh, God. <laughs>